Elon Musk has purchased Twitter and is being called the savior of social media. He is also a co-founder and the CEO of Tesla, Neuralink, which is developing an implantable brain machine interface, SpaceX, and more. Due to his influence, technology skills, and possible Jewish roots, people are wanting to know, is Elon Musk the Antichrist? Let's talk about it. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Is Elon Musk the Antichrist? That's what we're talking about today. You can join us on the air by calling 877-END-TIME. That's 877-363-8463. Doug, everybody always wants to know who the Antichrist is. Oh, I know. And we've got a new candidate. We get that all the time. We haven't done one of these shows since January. Okay. And that was, is Donald Trump the Antichrist? And did we determine that he was not? We did determine that Donald Trump was not the Antichrist. Okay. We've done, is Prince Charles the Antichrist? Mm Mm-hmm. And is he possibly the Antichrist or is he not? I mean, he... He could be. He has some qualifications that could get him up there. He he could be on the list. Seems like we've done one other one. Yeah. Emmanuel Macron. Emmanuel Macron. All who, right. Who, by the way, just got reelected. Hmm. Or did he? Or did he? That's well, the he has right been now. proclaimed the winner. He has been. And, and uh, he's been pelted with tomatoes. So Okay. People were not happy, but hey, that's another show for another day. Today it's is Elon Musk the Antichrist. Right. Before we get into that though, I do want to remind everyone that this month only, so you've only got a few more days, um, our brand new lesson, brand new video called The Future According to Bible Prophecy is available for a donation of any amount. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart, go to endtime.com slash future. Or give us a call at 800-END-TIME, 800-363-8463. And a donation of any amount will allow you to pre-order that new DVD. And it will ship in May. I don't have an exact date on the ship uh, shipping yet, but it's coming in early May. So go to do that today. It's our latest DVD that we've just made available. So endtime.com slash future or 800-END-TIME to get your copy. There's no censorship on your DVDs. You don't have to worry about that. There's a timeline in this lesson that helps you identify where we're at in God's timeline and help you see how you can be engaged in His work um, as we navigate these end times. So it's a lesson that everyone in the world should watch and study, and it will radically change your life if you uh, watch it with an open mind and a sincere heart. So go to endtime.com slash future. All right, Doug. Are we ready to dive off into this? I I think we probably ought to be ready. <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't agree with us or if you don't think that Elon Musk is the Antichrist, I should say, because yeah. uh, you'll find out how we, we feel about that uh, here in a few minutes. But um, if you think Elon Musk is the Antichrist, 
comment that you do. If you think it's someone else, put their name in there. You never know. It could be one of our next shows. So if you're on uh, social media or able to comment while you're watching this video, um, put it out there for us to see. Also, if you want to give your opinion on that, you can call us 877-363-8463. Before we get into that, we need to figure out who Elon is, right? That's kind of important. Yeah, because, I mean, believe it or not, I've talked to some people um, you know, as they call into the ministry, and, and there's some people that are not familiar with who Elon Musk is. So, Which is hard to believe, but I know. how do you not know Elon? He's the richest man in the world now. Yeah. Um, his name is Elon Reeve Musk. Elon Reeve Musk. How do we get 666 out of that, Doug? <laughs> I don't even want to go there. All right. He's an entrepreneur, <laughs> invest, entrepreneur, investor. And business magnate, he is the founder, CEO, and chief engineer at SpaceX. SpaceX, what is there any significance with that and and the Antichrist? I no, I, I don't think so at this point. I mean, maybe technology could be used later on. Satellites um, that can satellites, see yeah, everything in the that world, can track things, and and possibly do some of the miracles that the false prophet will end up doing could be tied to some kind of satellite. We don't know. So, I mean, it's interesting. There's a lot of interesting things about this guy. He's an angel investor, CEO and product architect of Tesla, the electric cars, Mm -hmm. founder of The Boring Company, um, which is a drilling company that they're they're building tunnels in L.A., uh, Los Angeles specifically, Mm -hmm. to try to alleviate traffic situations. Is Um, that for like a bullet train? It may be, but I think it's like highways and in oh, tunnels. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, co-founder of Neuralink. Mm. Neuralink. Heard of that. And OpenAI, mm. with an estimated net worth of around $252 billion. As of April 2022, Musk is the wealthiest person in the world, according to both the Bloomberg Billionaires Index and the Forbes Real-Time Billionaires List. He was born to a Canadian mother and South African father, and raised in Pretoria, South Africa. He briefly attended the University of Pretoria before moving to Canada at age 17. He enrolled at Queen's University and transferred to the University of Pennsylvania two years later, where he received a bachelor's degree in economics and physics. He moved to California in 95 to attend Stanford, but decided instead to pursue a business career. So he started up by basically, which this is interesting too, he he founded, uh, with, I think with his brother, the um, online bank at the time. It was called X.com. I don't know what X.com is now. I wouldn't encourage you to go there. But um, it merged later and, and formed PayPal. Which is something a lot of people know about. Digital currency. Yeah. Digital way of transferring money and a lot of stuff in that world. Yep. Um, in 2002, that's when he founded SpaceX. And on and on we could go about Tesla Motors and, of course, now like we mentioned, um, Twitter as of a few weeks ago. Right. So he has proposed the Hyperloop as well, which is a high-speed train transportation okay. system. That's that's what I was thinking the yep. tunnels were about, Yep. Um, which is very interesting. I mean, because when you look at those kind of things, Vince, you think, okay, well, this guy is contributing to society. He's giving us things that are going to help us live better. Uh, but there's also some scary things in there when we look at them, and we'll look at them as we... As we jump down through here. But what do you right, mean scary? Well, I mean, when you start talking about Neuralink, and we're going to watch a video that talks about a little bit of that. And to me, that's that's 
scary, the possibilities of where that could go. Uh, I wish that we could, you know, play the Joe Rogan interview he did with Joe Rogan where he talked about so many different things in it, but it was very long and it was hard for me to sit there and research everything in that video that I could put in. Uh, because you so are you like thinking about you need to hide out because of how scary this stuff is? What do you mean by scary? <laughs> I just mean to think about the future. We'll get into it a little <laughs> bit more, but when they start tampering with our brains and putting computer chips in our brains, that's when I start wondering, hmm, could this be close to the mark of the beast? Well, we'll find that out, and also we'll dive in more about is, is, is Elon Musk the Antichrist? Don't go anywhere. We'll be taking your calls at 877-END-TIME later on in the show. In the Bible, God gave us a timeline from the beginning to the end of the age. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching our brand new video, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. Get your DVD of The Future According to Bible Prophecy free with a gift of any amount. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's intime.com slash future or 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end-time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Welcome back to End of the Age. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Is Elon Musk the Antichrist? Doug, I think we've finally done a show that Facebook may actually boost now that he's bought Twitter. He is their competitor. <laughs> and uh, so maybe they'll have this on their trending page. I don't know. We'll see. But if they don't, it would help us a lot if you would hit the share button and the heart icon. Uh, that does help us get the word out a little bit more. We have hundreds of thousands of people that follow us on social media, but on, unfortunately only a few hundred of you get notified when we go live because of what we believe we can identify as shadow banning and all sorts of other types of censorship. So when you share, even though they're trying to um, censor things, um, it does help a little bit, and so all that you can do in that regard would be greatly appreciated. All right, Doug, is Elon Musk 
the Antichrist? That's the question, and we've got some more stories to look at to figure out who Elon Musk is. Yeah. So he's being touted right now as like the savior of free speech yeah. and social media. Um, so we know that what Twitter does, or what Twitter's done in the past anyway, is, um, you know, I mean, the president of the United States, the setting president of the United States, had his Twitter account removed because they didn't like what he was saying. But at the same time, there were terrorists in the Middle East who had Twitter accounts. And uh, they're going around creating havoc, but they had a Twitter account. So it's just interesting where we are now. And and so um, when he bought Twitter, that was kind of a a big deal and where everybody started thinking, well, maybe he's the savior of social media. So having said that, I guess we ought to jump into it a little bit. He bought Twitter for $44 billion. And people, what, what, how about this? People are saying, oh, he could have ended world hunger with all that money. Do we want to get into that or no? All right. <laughs> the deal brings arguably the Internet's most influential platform under the control of one of the world's richest people. Musk, a prolific Twitter user, has repeatedly decried efforts to moderate speech on the service. Quote, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, he said in a statement posted to Twitter. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Yeah, so he talks about spam bots there, so I guess we... Need to, do we need to explain what that is? No, okay. I don't think so. I mean, I this don't know. Is, this if, is what many of the viewers probably have shared. They probably understand what spam bots are. And, yeah. and we know what algorithms are. But So anyway, the interesting thing about this is that days before he bought Twitter, we had two people emerge that we haven't seen in a while. And that's former President Obama and Hillary Clinton. And both of them made statements, Vince, about controlling the flow of misinformation. Remember, everything that doesn't go with the narrative right now is called misinformation. You know, we've seen doctors who have been banned from social media because they were putting out information uh, that they that didn't go with their narrative uh, for the the pandemic, and those people were banned from social media. Uh, and we're seeing other things like this. If, if you say anything about the elections or anything about anything that doesn't go with their narrative, you're being censored. And so uh, we got a video. Do we want to play the video? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's go to this video of, of President Obama talking uh, about this disinformation control. Former President Barack Obama taking on a major problem we all face, disinformation. Today, he gave a speech at Stanford University near Silicon Valley. He says lies and conspiracy theories on social media have weakened democracy. He also suggests that disinformation will get worse because of new technology. If we do nothing, I'm convinced the trends that we're seeing will get worse. With the emergence of AI, disinformation will grow more sophisticated. But Mr. Obama says there's still hope, and he even offered some solutions. CNBC's Eamon Javers was at Stanford University for the former president's speech. Hi, Eamon. 
You know, Tyler, during his two terms as president of the United States, Barack Obama was a darling of Silicon Valley. He regularly met with the top technology executives and he raked in campaign contributions from technology company employees. But today, the 44th president of the United States came here to deliver a message of criticism, saying that social media is corroding democracy and urging the tech companies to do the right thing. All we see is a constant feed of content where useful, factual information and happy diversions and cat videos flow alongside lies, conspiracy theories, junk science, quackery. And over time, we lose our capacity to distinguish between fact, opinion and wholesale fiction. Obama called for regulation of the technology companies, saying that the First Amendment is a a check on state power and doesn't apply to technology companies. Decisions like this shouldn't be left solely to private interests. Obama said the social media companies should disclose what's in the algorithms that control how fast information spreads, even if they do that secretly to government regulators. Okay, so there's former President Barack Obama, who some people have opinions about themselves, about who he could be. True. Uh, and he's talking about regulating free speech on these social media platforms. Uh, it's also interesting because the same week that he did this, like I said, it was just days before this happened. So it's kind of it's, it's odd that they would come out and start talking about this stuff be- right before – Elon Musk bought Twitter, and also right before the Truth Social platform was up and running really well. And so we also have an article that talks about um, Hillary Clinton making her statements as well. Yeah, so after uh, President Barack Obama um, has said that, you know, deeper government control is necessary and it's needed to protect protect democracy, um, Hillary Clinton comments saying that more needs to be done to regulate information in order for governments to fight alleged disinformation. Mm-hmm. Clinton also promoted the Digital Services Act package through the United Nations, which would create several EU regulations on the Internet, including a law to forbid alleged disinformation. I always struggle with that because I'm like, who gets to decide what disinformation is? That's the key question Sim- right there. We're going to get it off into something else that maybe. I don't know how people will feel about this, but with with um, gun control, mm-hmm. you know, we have to. the The argument is that there needs to be um, greater tests, greater. Uh, I can't think of the word background but, checks and things, and, and looking into the person's psychological state. Yeah. Well, who gets to decide what that means? You right. know, that's what I struggle with because if you believe in the Bible mm-hmm. and that Jesus is God and that he's our savior and that his name is not also Muhammad or he's not also somebody else's God. They just calls him something else. Right. Um, then that may not make you fit mentally to have a gun in somebody's eyes. Yeah. Right. So that's my struggle with this is who gets to decide these things. Yeah. And aside from gun control, not what we're talking about today, but with this, who gets to decide what disinformation is? Yeah. If we say that Jesus said he is the way, not one of the ways, not one of the good ways, he said the way. Right. So to get 
to heaven, you have to go through Jesus and the born-again plan he established, Mm -hmm. well, that may be considered disinformation. Oh, I'm sure it's going to (laughs) be in the very near future if it's not already. Or that it's unhealthy for you to have a drag queen come speak in your church. Yeah. Spiritually and every other possible category there is. Mm Mm-hmm. That may be disinformation. Well, it's actually going to be called hate speech, I would, I would assume, for Uh-oh. sure. You know, I mean, that's the way that they're going to do a lot of this, Vince, is they're going to say, well, that's hate speech because you're speaking against somebody and their lifestyle. And that's where all this comes from. I mean, it's gotten to the point Why where Why can't I say that's hate speech against me? Well, because, you, <laughs> well, there's reasons, but I'm not going to go into that on the air right now. We'll talk about that some other time. But there are reasons why. And like, you know, we've done programs before where, uh, like what you're saying, people who believe in the Bible that it's uh, the truth, the Word of God, and that Jesus is the one and only Lord, that there's no other Lord. Uh, those things right there put us on a list already of what they call domestic terrorists. We've, we've done the stories where the Obama administration had uh, the military look into this group of conservative Christians and classify people who believe like that as domestic terrorists. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing that form more and more. And we know at the end, in the, in the last days, we know that when the Antichrist makes war against the saints, that's what it'll be about. It'll be about our beliefs in God and who he is and that we're not going along with the narrative and we'll be considered hate mongers and people will... And think, people spreading disinformation. Yeah. yeah, and we got to wipe these people out. I mean, just look, and I don't want to go down another path here when I say this, but just look at what's happened with this disease, this illness that they've said is on us and, and the remedy for that and how people oppose someone who won't take part of the remedy. I'm trying to say it without getting us blocked. <laughs> but you, know, you see what I'm saying? It's already they've created a... Um, there's, there's already this barrier between people now where if you don't agree with what I believe in, well, then you don't deserve to, to be alive. There's people that have said that on their social media accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that all you people should be dead, and I hope you get sick and die. That's been said by people who uh, believe that you have to do this or else, and that's the way that things are going to shape up. Now, like I said, I don't want to go down that road and start a whole other can of worms, so we better jump back into what we're talking well, about. Well, to wrap the story up, they said while all this is going on, um, information companies often accused of having left-wing bias, took major hits. Mm -hmm. So we saw where CNN Plus closed after just 21 days Mm -hmm. with a $300 million loss. Disney lost an estimated $35 million after a leaked video showed company heads discussing a sexual agenda for content. Netflix lost an estimated estimated 35% of its shares with a loss of around $400 million. Mm -hmm. And Elon Musk announced that he's potentially, at this point he secured the money, and uh, President Donald Trump's Truth Social platform announced they now have the server capacity needed to fully launch the new social network. Yeah. So all that's happening, and yeah. Obama and Clinton decide they need to speak into this and try to redirect some things, I guess. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about it, Vince, that ties it into prophecy is they bring in the world government. They talk about the UN. Hillary mentioned the UN. And she talks about the EU, this new law that they have that targets big tech uh, 
hate speech and disinformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, what was it called again? It was called the Digital Service Act package. Yeah. So, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, right? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Before we do, though, we should go to the phone. Let's do it. Looks like we might have a new antichrist to consider. Okay. Eugene in New York. Welcome to End of the Age. Eugene, well, are you there? Please. How are you doing today? Turn your radio radio off, Eugene. We can hear it echoing in the background. Yeah, I'm living in a room now. Okay. Okay, perfect. Can you see me better? Yeah, we can better. hear you better. Who Who's the Antichrist? Prince Mohammed Mavis. Okay. I did a lot of homework into him. I went on, I have a smartphone. I looked his name up, and he's no kind of activity. Was he possessed yet? See, when he is possessed by the devil, that will be the head of Christ hmm. in the future. Muhammad Mavis, all right. We'll note that and take a look into it. We appreciate your call, Eugene. Uh, I know there's a long list of antichrists out there, and we don't proclaim that we know who it is yet, but we will look into that and see uh, perhaps what we can discover, Doug. Muhammad Mavis. Yeah, you'll have to. I've never heard of Muhammad ne- Mavis. Never have either. But so. we shall see. Yeah. All right, Doug. What's next? We're going to get into this EU big tech law that they're trying to propose? Uh, yeah, let's read that just so everybody understands what Hillary Clinton's talking about when she talks about this law. All right. Before I do, I will remind you that we have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. The question today is, is Elon Musk the Antichrist? And we'd love to hear from you on your take on that. And maybe you have someone else in mind for the Antichrist that We'll certainly listen to that as well. All right, the article from The Hill is called, uh, titled, EU Law Targets Big Tech Over Hate Speech Disinformation. Big tech companies like Google and Facebook parent Meta will have to police their platforms more strictly to better protect European users from hate speech, disinformation, and other harmful online content under uh, landmark EU legislation approved last week. European Union officials clinched the agreement in principle on the Digital Services Act. After lengthy final negotiations that begin Friday, the law will also force tech companies to make it easier for users to flag problems, ban online ads aimed at kids, and empower regulators to punish noncompliance with billions in fines. The Digital Services Act helps cement Europe's reputation as the global leader in reigning in the power of social media companies and other digital platforms. We'll have to finish this on the other side of the break, but just know that Europe's getting involved here and trying to regulate some things. So there's maybe some interesting ties of the Antichrist there, Doug. Yeah, definitely could be when we start talking about world government and especially the European Union. All right, we'll talk more about that on the other side of the break and get to your calls, 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. 
It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's podcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. I do want to remind you that uh, we, are, have, we have a few days left for you to be able to get the future according to Bible prophecy for a donation of any amount. So be sure to do that by going to endtime.com slash future or calling 800-END-TIME. It's a great new lesson that we've just released and you pre-order it today. It'll ship in May. Uh, early part of May, that is, so be sure to do that uh, right now for a donation of any amount. All right, Doug, we're reading the story about the Digital Services Act that um, has just passed in Europe, mm-hmm. and um, so let's get right back into that while the Justice Department and federal, and I do have a question too, by the way, after, don't let me forget, I've got this question about the Pope. Okay. Uh, while the Justice Department and Federal Trade Commission have filed major antitrust actions against Google and Facebook, Congress remains politically divided on efforts to address competition, online privacy, disinformation, and more. The need to regulate big tech more effectively came into sharper focus after the 2016 U.S. presidential election when Russia was found to have used social media platforms to try to influence the country's vote. Again, this story is from The Hill. Uh, Tech companies like Facebook and Twitter promised to crack down on disinformation, but the problems have only worsened. During the pandemic, health misinformation blossomed, and again, the companies were slow to act, cracking down after years of allowing anti-vaccine falsehoods to thrive on their platforms. Under the EU law, governments would be able to request companies take down a wide range of content that would be deemed illegal, including material that promotes terrorism, child sexual abuse, hate speech, and commercial scams. Social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter would have to give users tools to flag such content in an easy and effective way so it can be swiftly removed. Yes, yeah, so it's it's interesting that all this has been developing, like I said, just days before this transition happened. It almost makes you wonder, well, what can he do with Twitter? What are they so afraid of? What are they trying to stop? Are they trying to stop the fact that people might find out that they had been loading this one-sidedly? Hmm, 
I, I wonder. <laughs> I, I would imagine that's probably what they're going to find out. As a matter of fact, we have a little bit of information about that here in a minute. But the, the crazy thing about it is Hillary mentions it. Then we have this article where it passes in the EU. And then we have the EU firing warning shots at Elon Musk over Twitter. And we, we really, if you don't want to read that whole thing, we don't have to read the whole thing. But it is interesting because this comes <coughs> straight from that law that the EU just passed. Well, what in there do you want to highlight? How about that? I, I just want to, to make it known what they're saying to Elon Musk about there are rules. And if you're going to have your social media on our uh, platforms here in the EU, in our country, then you're going to have to follow our rules. Well, this is an article from the Daily Wire called The European Union Fires Warning Shot on Twitter's Future. And they basically tell him that he must comply with EU regulations on policing online content or face severe penalties. Mm -hmm. Says they're giving him a reality check and that we welcome everyone. We're open. But on our conditions, mm-hmm. we welcome everybody, but on our conditions. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine if a church said that? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, at least we know what to tell him. Elon, there are rules. You are welcome, but there are our rules. It's not your rules, which will apply here. Right. Like and the EU calling out a citizen yeah. of another country. I mean, it almost sounded like threats. To me, yeah. I mean, in several places in that article. Now, you said you wanted to ask a question about the Pope. Before well, yeah, we move because on, there's so. there's people that that believe that there's no possible way Elon Musk could be the Antichrist because he's not the Pope. Well, that's a misconception that the Pope has to be the Antichrist. Is that misinformation? <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe just lack of information. Maybe I don't know, but you know, we've done programs on that. Okay, so. Just to address that. Is that our next show? Is the Pope the Antichrist? <laughs> we could do one like that, but we've done it before, actually. Uh, not is the Pope the Antichrist, but that we, we showed who we believe the Pope is based on uh, Bible prophecy. So in Revelation 13, there's the second beast there. And that second beast looks like a lamb, but it speaks like the dragon, and he does miracles. And uh, we believe that that false prophet will be whoever the Pope is at the time the Antichrist is revealed. There's two of them there. It's the Antichrist, known as the beast, and the false prophet. And if you look at uh, Revelation chapter 19, at the end of the battle of Armageddon there, you see there's two because it says, and the beast and the his partner, the false prophet, were thrown into the lake of fire. So when you go back to Daniel chapter 7, you can also read that the little horn is the one that's thrown in the lake of fire. So we know it's going to be the Antichrist, the little horn, and his partner, the false prophet. There's two of them, and they'll both be thrown into the lake of fire. So the Pope is not the Antichrist. All right, you made that very clear. We've got some videos we're going to get to, but before we do, I wanted to get to one call, if that's okay Okay, let's do it. All right, William in North Carolina, welcome to End of the Age. How you doing, guys? We're good. How are you, William? I'm really good. I love your show. Thank you. All the time. Uh, I'm going to give you, so far, the biggest person that's actually fit to being the Antichrist. So get, get ready for this. All right. So, I'm ready. So it's, I'm telling you, it's Nitsan Horowitz. Now, I'm not sure if it's actually him, but I got a, rough, a lot of stuff on him. So if you were to go Wikipedia and look up Nitsan Horowitz, you would see... Um, 
he has six, six, six in his name. He has three vowels in his name. Perfectly, evenly skipped, too. Uh, six, and then skip, six, and then skip, six, and then skip. In his Hebrew name, first and last name. Now, uh, give me a second here. I'm going to be scrolling through my phone here. Uh, Moses points out something about where the Antichrist will come from. And Moses says uh, uh, he, he's born in Bashan, which is, which is actually Dan. So this guy is also born in Dan, and he lives in Tel Aviv. Now, so he, he has two things going for him, 666 in his name, and he's born in Dan. This is something that Hippolytus even points out that Moses pointed to him coming out of Bashan. And he's also a gay man, and he lives in Tel Aviv with his partner. So he, he's fitting three things right there. And um, and he doesn't desire a woman, so he has a partner. So he has four steady things going on for him. And right now, what he's been doing lately is going to hospital, hospital in Israel and making them better, uh, less less problems for the workers there. They've been working too hard. So he's doing a lot of good deeds right now. So I just wanted to throw that one out there. So he has four solid things that deal with him, that match up to him. So. All right. Well, thank you very much, William. We appreciate it. Uh, William says that Elon Musk is not the Antichrist and that um, this other gentleman is. I've got it noted there. And... Um, I guess we'll find out, Doug. We'll have All to check right. that out. Yeah, we'll have to research it. All right. What's happened since Elon bought Twitter? There's a little bit more information we need to look at there regarding Elon, and we've got a video for that. Are we ready for that? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. I'm doing great. Thank you. I saw that you were thanking Elon Musk for this because you saw a big, a big gain in your followers. Why is that? It's a great question, Ainsley, and I don't know the answer. I'm up almost 20,000 Twitter followers in basically the 48 hours since it was announced that uh, Elon Musk was going to be buying Twitter. There are a lot of different theories you could toss out there. Uh, This is abnormal. I haven't seen any follower count surge like this in years uh, and and really haven't ever seen anything like this. Uh, One theory, obviously, is that a lot more conservative people, as Elon Musk has bought Twitter, have been coming onto the site. But the difference is it's not just conservatives gaining, it's left-wingers losing, which makes me wonder whether Twitter is starting to pull back on some of the guardrails that they put up, which were rigged in favor of left-wingers, And they're doing that because they're worried that Elon Musk may be coming in and starting to publicize potentially some of the algorithms, some of the behind the scenes uh, data manipulation that was going on inside of Twitter. So I'd lean more towards that. I think that we're just seeing some of these uh, restrictions taken off. And the result is you're seeing what conservatives have argued for a long time, that this was a rigged social media game designed to favor the left wingers. And with Elon Musk coming in, uh, those uh, those prescriptions are returning to more of a normalcy. And you aren't alone. DeSantis, he saw a, a big uptick, too. And AOC actually lost followers. So uh, interesting, Vince. It, it does seem like this could be a good thing for um, freedom of speech. And we 
you know, I mean, who knows what's going on right now? Like I said, I really didn't know that much about Elon Musk, but I know a little bit more about him today than I knew yesterday. And so uh, just some of those things, you got to wonder which side is he really on? I mean, is he playing some kind of game here? Is he doing this because he thinks maybe if, if, if he's on the side of the left wingers they're talking about who keeps the truth from getting out there, if he's on their side, is he doing this so that Truth Social doesn't get as much publicity or take off so is he trying to take away from truth social or is he actually doing this because he wants it to be more fair and balanced to both sides don't know well and then after the break we are going to get to another video about another company has Neuralink, which is about brain chip demo where they explain that that's as creepy as i'll get out and we're also Mm -hmm. going to talk about his potential connection with klaus schwab yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, before we do all that, let's go back to the phones. Esther in Idaho, welcome to End of the Age. Yes. Um, can you hear me? We can hear you. Welcome. Oh, okay. Thank you. And thank you for your program. It's wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, it, as, as far as the Antichrist, um, you know, humans tend to take everything literal. In this case, it is not literal, it is not one person. Uh, in this case, it's a person acting as a group, and they are of one mind and of one agenda, and they're working towards a long-planned targeted goal. And these are the ESG, or the Environmental Socialist Government. So um, the wheat and the chaff have to grow together. What we see today is the chaff is, is getting a little ahead of the wheat, but the weed is much, much stronger, and we know who the reaper is. So I just want to say thank you so much for your courage and your faith that God and his son Yeshua is always putting a hedge of protection around you and your program. Thank you so much. Thank you, Esther. We appreciate your take. So she is saying that the Antichrist is not an individual, that it's a spokesperson for a group. Well, Did I... That's, that's kind of the way I was understanding it as well. And I mean, I, I see the point that she's making there. It will be a collective, you know, one mind. We, we, we of talk about the world government, world government system. Yeah, absolutely. And and the Bible says that there in the end there's going to be these ten kings, and out of those ten kings is going to rise this one who's going to be more stout than his fellows. He's going to have, you know, one one day we just need to do a show about all the characteristics of the Antichrist so that people completely understand that. Too. Yeah, we have, but we haven't done one in a while. I don't think we really need to go through all of them because there's like 50 of them. And so you're saying the Antichrist is an individual. The, yeah, he will rise up. The little horn will be one individual, and, and that one individual will be the beast. And is it Elon Musk? Don't answer. Okay. Save it for after the break. I'll save it. Because we're going to look at these stories that are crazy (laughs) about these other companies. Yeah, we definitely All right. Well, don't go anywhere. We're going to see what Doug thinks. Is Elon Musk evil? Is he as evil as Joe Biden? I think those are some questions that people want to know. We'll find out after the break. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. 
My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with Endtime to help get the message of our soon-coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End of the Age. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME. 877-363-8463. We'd love to have you join us on the show today. The question is, is Elon Musk the Antichrist? And so we are covering information about who Elon Musk is, what he's involved in, and whether or not he is the Antichrist. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, We do have a video about Neuralink. Doug, this is a company that that he owns that um, is promoting good things for the human race. That's the idea behind it, right? These right. are things that are going to help us be better. Yeah. Is that right? That's that's the idea behind it. Yeah. Well, let's look at the video okay, and let's see do what it. It, people can do. Neuralink's head neurosurgeon, Matthew McDougall, said the first trials of the link would be aimed at treating things like paraplegia. The company said it received FDA breakthrough device designation in July. Now, that's not the same as FDA approval, but it is a fast track to getting a medical device out in the field. But Neuralink doesn't want to stop there, and that is where we go full galaxy brain. There was talk of curing blindness by implanting the link in the visual cortex, treating mental health conditions like depression, anxiety, and addiction, connecting the link to a heads-up display so you could walk around like the Terminator. And then there were basic ideas like, I don't know, telepathy, replaying your own memories, superhuman vision, and the ability to see ultraviolet light. Oh, and connecting your brain and uploading it into a robot. I mean, this is obviously sounding increasingly like a Black Mirror episode. Everything that's encoded in memory, you could, uh, you could upload. You could basically store your memories um, as a backup and restore the memories. Um, and ultimately, you could potentially download them into a new body or into a robot body. The future is going to be weird. A lot of these ideas are huge, but we didn't get any concrete timelines or really any idea of how they'd actually work. So while the link could be amazing for treating things like spinal injuries, don't expect to turn into the Terminator anytime soon. Still, it was amazing to see a brain working in real time. Yes, so in that video, we couldn't show it all, of course, but that video is pretty long, but they talk about where they've put these in three different pigs and they did experiments on them. And one of the things that they did was they showed us in real time how the chip works with that animal and could even predict what that animal would do next. So this sounds extremely like uh, the same thing that Klaus Schwab's uh, head uh, administrator there at the WEF talks about. The the guy that we've done several videos with is... uh, 
how do you say his name, Yuval Noah Harara, that talks about transhumanism. And he talks about how your free will will be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you buy at the grocery store will be dictated to you through being transhuman. So this sounds an awful lot like that. So when you hear that, it, it makes you begin to think, okay, well, where it would have benefits, I, I can see where people would say, oh, you know, so-and-so has been blind their whole life and this would heal them and they'd be able to see now. Or maybe you're a paraplegic and this would help you walk. This guy, Elon Musk, sounds a whole lot like a real-life Tony Stark that, you know, he can make all these robots and make them do different things. He said something really strange there, though, Vince. He said that you would be able to upload all your memories and then put them into a robot. Or even another human body. Yeah, it's very strange because we're talking now about... you. If your mind is there, does that mean they think that you're going to live forever? It's just very weird that they talk about these things. And he even said himself, the, the future is going to be very weird. All right, let's just get to it, Doug. Does any of that make him the Antichrist? No, it doesn't. Is it, he the Antichrist? No, I don't think he is. <laughs> he doesn't fit uh, the criteria for it is what the Bible, all those points that I was talking about before, he doesn't really fit any of those. But like the caller said before, he may be part of a collective mind, and this is the way they're moving us to, where the Antichrist will rise up in all of this stuff and, and rule like that, it, using things like this to control people. Uh, if you have a neural link, as, as cool as that might sound, I mean, there's people that would do that. I mean, it's crazy because there's already people putting chips in their hand so that they can open doors and use Coke machines and turn the lights on in their house and start their car because it's cool and it's tech. Uh, well, it's so easy. It, it eliminates a lot of risk. Yeah, absolutely. And so now you hook this thing in your head and hook into the Internet of Peoples. I mean, this may be what they were talking about when we heard the Internet of People because we would then become part of the Internet. It's very strange, it's, it's creepy, and yet he's one of the front runners here. And when he talks about it, he's, you, you made a comment that he, he said something to the fact that he tried to slow it down, mm. but they won't let him. They being who, you know? The, the intelligence community. Exactly. They're wanting to push this stuff. They want to, to go into. And this is also the guy, too, Vince, we need to mention this, that he's talked about because he made... A spaceship, you know, that that actually flies into orbit and flies back. And and he's talked about being able to have civilizations on Mars. So this is a guy who thinks big. And and he, I saw an interview with him today as I was looking up all this stuff on him. And one of the things he said in the interview was he said he's not a quitter. He never quits. He doesn't know what defeat is. And he keeps pressing on until he gets what he wants. And that's been proven when you look at his life and you see the things he's accomplished, he's proven that that's who he is. I mean, this guy makes Tesla automobiles um, who the, the Tesla cars, some of them can drive by themselves. From what I understand, they can park themselves and drive by oh, themselves. Oh, he talks about how ridiculous it is that we are even allowed to get into these vehicles yeah. and drive around. You know, think about thousands of pounds and you're driving this at, you know, 75 miles an hour. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite a bit different than riding horseback. <laughs> right, yeah. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people are killed that way. And so we want to make the world a better place by decreasing that yeah. risk. So you need cars that can drive themselves and are 
intelligent like a computer is. Yeah. But there's glitches in computers and there's viruses in Humans computers. Humans too, and, Doug. Come yeah, on now. Yeah. It's it's scary to think about. <laughs> if remember that Harari Harari, however you say his name, he said that human beings can be hacked. Well if we start doing this, you're absolutely right, we can be hacked. So one of the last things we have talking about here is his connection to the young global leaders. Which is part of Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum. Yeah. I'm going to read that story before I do. I'll tell you, we have open lines. We don't have a caller on the screen right now. So if you want to get on the show, this is the perfect time to do it. We've got a few minutes left. Um, and, um, yeah, so call 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463 if you'd like to be on the show. Uh, we would love to have you. Is Elon Musk the Antichrist? We don't believe so. You may or you may think someone else is. Uh, let us hear from you. The story says, the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leader Initiative has yielded some of the most powerful people in the world, from leaders like Justin Trudeau and Gavin Newsom to tech giants like Larry Page and Mark Zuckerberg. The disciples of Klaus Schwab and the New World Order make up a huge chunk of control over our world today. What many may not know is that Elon Musk is among them. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I don't hold it against you if you didn't know. Well, thank goodness for that. Because there seems to have been a, con- a concerted effort to hide this fact. Searching on Google and other platforms for information about just about any of the previous graduates of Schwab's School of Globalism reveals tons of information. But a similar search for Musk participation is conspicuously slim. I had to go back to a 2008 Bloomberg article to find it. In an article titled, Young Global Leaders Anderson Cooper and Leonardo DiCaprio are in the most exclusive private school network in the world by Bruce Nossbaum, published March 17, 2008, it's revealed that, quote, Elon Musk, the chairman of Tesla Motors, the much-publicized electric sports car company, is a new YGL, which is Young Global Leaders. As the billionaire pushes to buy Twitter outright, the vast majority of conservatives on the social network have been cheering him on. This makes sense considering he's clearly trying to instill, install a freer speech mentality there, denouncing censorship and claiming to be a free speech absolutist. But it must be noted that Musk is likely not the conservative hero many want him to be. In fact, he has a history of promoting anti-American ideas like universal basic income, stronger economic ties with communist China, and an outright embrace of a form of socialism that sounds an awful lot like the World Economic Forum's push for stakeholder capitalism. He seems to be making the right enemies in his bid for control of Twitter, as both the U.S. government and hedge fund giant Vanguard have been making moves to block and or intimidate him. That only endears him even more to conservatives. And while I think there's a good chance he's sincere, there's also a good chance that he's a shill for the globalist elites. So, Vince, one of the things that this guy says in this article is very true because I had trouble myself because that was one of my questions. When I began to go down and investigate this a little bit, I started looking into transhumanism, uh, the World Economic Forum, checking to see if he had ties to them. 
I couldn't find any anywhere. I went as much as I could looking for it, and then I found this article, which was done two days ago, I believe, when this article came out. Uh, no, today. It was done today. So look there. And this gentleman gave me the only link that I could find was that Bloomberg uh, report. I went there and tried to download that, but you have to pay a membership fee to download it. So I couldn't see it without paying, and I wasn't going to pay. Uh, but <laughs> the thing about it is um, when you look at this, he says an interesting thing here as well. He talks about stakeholder capitalism, which goes against the World Economic Forum. Um, I mean, it goes with the World Economic Forum. So it's more proof of what he's talked about in the past that goes with that. But the thing that goes against it is when he says that he's made enemies with Vanguard. Okay, so if you watched the program yesterday, Dave touched on uh, BlackRock, and he talked about the uh, home market right now all over the world and how BlackRock is buying up uh, land and homes so that people cannot own their own property anymore. Well, Vanguard is part of BlackRock. They they are almost hand-in-hand. They're stakeholders with each other in several different companies. You ever heard Um, of Pfizer? Yes, Vanguard. Stakeholder, so I mean th- these are these are very powerful people that are against Elon Musk and what he's trying to do with Twitter. So I see we got to call you. Want to jump on that? Before I guess we, we better. Larry okay. in Montana, you have about twenty seconds. Larry, sorry to put you in that spot, but let's get to your question. Yeah, um, just a quick comment. I, I think all these guys, Elon, you know, all the the, the ex board members, the, all the big powerful guys I've been mentioning. I think that's going to be the Antichrist as court, you know, like all the kings have their courtiers and all that stuff and everything, because uh, they just don't have all what it, everything I've read in the Bible anyway to, uh, to be the Antichrist himself. But they definitely can be his right and left hand in the. I agree, Larry. And, you know, having said that, we're watching uh, pieces of the puzzle being put in place. And this is big money we're talking about. And to run a world government, it's going to take big money. It's going to take powerful people. And these are powerful people. It's almost as if God is allowing this chessboard to be put up. But we know ultimately, in the end, Vince, who wins this battle. When Jesus Christ comes back, his feet touch the Mount of Olives, and he wins. You better get on Jesus' side. Go to endtime.com slash reborn to learn what that looks like. All right, we'll be right back here tomorrow for Open Line at 3 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you there. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.